Well, good evening, everybody. When I was a little kid, I uh, grew up in church like many of you did. And I heard a lot of stories of Jesus and others doing incredible miracles. And I remember um, holding fast to those stories and wanting to try them out myself. I don't know if anybody else in this room has done that. But when I was a kid, I had so much faith that God would use me that I started saying, okay, like, like try some of these out. My favorite to try out was walking on water. So I, I vividly remember walking to the edge of the pool. I put on my flip-flops to have a little extra uh, level of buoyancy. And I remember standing there going, okay, God, if you're real, let's see if this thing really works. So I read about Peter and I read about uh, Jesus walking on water. So this would be really cool to see if this actually still can happen. And I remember standing there by the edge of the pool, praying myself up, confessing any sin that I could think of, and then taking that step and going straight to the bottom. And uh, tonight, we're talking a lot about faith. We're talking a lot about change. We're talking about the life of a friend of ours, Mike Boggs, and his journey uh, that God has him on. And here's the deal. Uh, tonight is a moment of gratitude and grief, like Cameron said, but it's also a moment where we get a front row seat to glory. We get to see a picture of the gospel lived out because I believe that even though like the story I just told you where we think, man, maybe if I step out, God will meet me there. Um, the reality is, is that God does. Even though we may not be walking on actual water, God does take us from one step to the next into the journey of life. And he calls us to faith, to believe that he will meet us when we step out into the great unknown. And tonight we have a front row seat to see Boggs and his family do that as they follow God's leading. Now, as I was preparing for tonight, um, I was uh, impressed by the Holy Spirit to kind of take us to this passage of scripture in Acts chapter 13. So would you turn with me to Acts chapter 13, verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. And it says this, it says, Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. Now, I think it's important for us to kind of give you a little bit of background for us to understand the text today. Some of you guys heard the word Antioch here in the Bible. And you're like, okay, a lot of things just made sense. Now I know why there's a place in the middle of Nashville called Antioch, right? Some of you guys live in Antioch. You've never known why it's called that. But it's named after this church in the book of Acts. And uh, in Antioch, you find God doing incredible work. It's a powerful place of ministry. In fact, it's probably the most influential church in the entire New Testament. Um, and what we find is we find God doing incredible things. God raises up a group of incredibly gifted leaders and teachers. Uh, he brings about one of the first multi-ethnic churches in the history of the world. And it's the place where people are so passionate about Jesus that they begin calling them Christians. 
Um, now, the funny thing about the name Christian, which we all would claim here in this room if you've been following Jesus for a while, uh, is that it wasn't originally a nice name. It was kind of like an ethnic slur. The people were like, you are a Christian. And in Greek, that meant that you were a little Christ. And they were trying to shame the people who were following Jesus by saying, you're trying too hard to follow Jesus. And the Christians were like, that sounds great. We'll go by that. Like the thing that you're trying to shame us with, we actually think it's a great idea. We've been called that ever since. And all of that happened in Antioch. Now, when we look at the story here, we find that there are these leaders and these teachers. We have Paul, the Apostle Paul. He goes by the name Saul here in this text because that's how he was named at that time. We find Barnabas. We find three other leaders, Simeon, uh, a man named uh, Lucius of Cyrene and a guy named Manan, who I always think is fascinating because Manan uh, was a childhood friend of a man named Herod, who was the king that conspired to put Jesus to death. Okay? So, small world here. They grew up together. They were schoolmates together. They went through school all the way from kindergarten through high school. And so, I'm sure that high school graduations were really awkward. Okay? Right, so they're there, they're gathering up, they're kind of talking about like what's been going on since they graduated from their school. And Herod says, what are you doing? And uh, Manan goes, well, I've been following this guy named Jesus that you put to death and I believe he came back to life, but it's incredible. And after that, everything got really awkward, right? And yet you find in Antioch, God doing something really powerful. He's made it a place that no one ever wants to leave. And yet God calls Barnabas and Paul to take a step of faith. So as they're praying, as they're fasting, as they're worshiping, the Holy Spirit speaks and says, I want you to set aside Paul and Barnabas to a work that I have for them. I want you to set them aside and I want you to send them out. And so they do that. They put their hands on Paul and Barnabas and they send them into the great unknown, into a place that no one had ever been before, to a place where the gospel had not been known or named. And that reminds me a lot of tonight. So as we read this story, I think that there are two major ideas I think we need to walk away with. The first one is this, is that every Christian has a work that God has called them to. Every Christian has a work that God has called them to. And the second thing is that when God shows, we go. And I'm going to unpack that in just a minute. But the first thing that we see here tonight is that God has a ministry for every single person. God has a work that he has for Paul and Barnabas. He says, set them aside because I want to do something powerful in their life. And even though Paul and Barnabas don't know what that means, and even though it may be terrifying for them to hear that they have to leave the town that they're in, the ministry that they're a part of, God has a greater purpose and a calling on their life, and they cannot accomplish it where they are. They have to step into what's next for them to experience what God has for them. And the same is true for you. God has a calling on your life. He has a work that he wants you to do. And every single person in this room who names Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is someone that God has a purpose for. And it's not just the pastors who are called into that purpose. Every single person who's a believer has a calling on their life. And tonight we're celebrating Boggs' calling. God is calling him into something new. But the reality is every single one of us also has a calling on our life that God wants us to step into. And we don't get to say no to that. If God called us to be his, we ultimately work at his pleasure. 
Whatever he wants us to do, our answer must be yes. Now, the second thing we see here is that when God shows us what the next thing is, then we have to go and do it. So God calls them to go do something and they step into it. And the reason they do that is because God doesn't offer suggestions. He's the Lord of everything. And he says, I want you to go do this. And so they put their hands upon Paul and Barnabas and they send them out into the future. And let me just tell you, it is scary to trust God. Every step of faith literally means taking a step that you don't know what's going to happen after that step is taken. And that's true for every single part of our journey. And God is calling you tonight to be somebody who follows in that, that legacy that God has placed in the life of every Christian, of being people who are saying, I'm willing to go wherever God wants me to go, do whatever he wants me to do, because when he shows me what he wants from me, my answer is going to be yes. Now, I think it's important for us to realize that when God calls us, he calls always uh, to our best. He doesn't ask for our second best. He asks for our best because he is worthy of our best. And when God calls people to take a step, it's usually not the ones that we're like hoping will leave, right? Like there's always a ministry like, okay, we're fine with, with like, uh, our secondary worship leader or our secondary teacher or our second best, but God always calls for our best. God called for Paul and Barnabas, the very best that they had to go to what was next. And tonight, when we think about our best, we think about Michael Boggs. Boggs has been a friend, a mentor, a confidant, a worship pastor, not just a worship leader. Boggs has been someone who has believed when many times many of us in this room cannot believe for ourselves. He has been someone who trusts God's process and orchestration in our lives and our stories. Sometimes we can't even feel that for ourselves. And tonight we hear that God is calling him to something new, a new chapter in his life and in his story. And in some ways we may feel like, God, why are you doing this? And it's okay to feel that way. In fact, the reason why it's okay to feel that way is because it shows the life of a life that's well lived. It shows the legacy of someone's story that has poured himself out in other people's lives and given himself away for the sake of the gospel. And that is good and it is right. And so tonight, I want to invite Boggs to come up and just share what God is doing in his life and his story. Boggs, would you join me? Um, I think many of us have seen you lead worship and we've heard you teach, but I think for you as you are taking this next step, it's good for us to hear like what God is birthing in your heart. Would you do that for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, gosh. <sighs> we got all night. <laughs> uh, I, I think um, Mike set me, set me up so well um, to talk about this. I, I've thought a lot about um, what I would say in this moment. And <laughs> I look around the room And my heart is filled with gratitude. Mm. My heart is full. I think about the people in the room 
who are living the sermon already that you just preached, the people who have already said yes, people, some people that you might not even know, I think about the Luke Cartwrights um, of this ministry who sets up this entire room and has done it longer than I can probably count. And has served faithfully. I look around the room and see so many of you who have lived out this sermon already. And you have paved the way for me to say yes. I know I'm a minister. I'm supposed to, one, supposed to be the one that has it together. But <laughs> you, have, you have taught me and I'm grateful for that. So um, as Mike said, gratitude and grief in the same hand um, seems to be the the. the emotion of the day. Um, we're, we're excited um, to go to Oklahoma. We're from Oklahoma. My wife and son are sitting right over here, and my mother and father-in-law um, are sitting over here. We were raised in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, and I, I moved here when I was 19 um, and uh, just started life here. I've been here longer than I was in Oklahoma now, um, but Oklahoma has always sort of been home to us, even though um, Nashville has been where we've lived. And so when the opportunity came up um, over the last couple of years to consider moving back there, we just thought, I can't imagine us doing that. I can't imagine us moving back to Oklahoma, even though it felt like home to us. And um, just recently, we just felt like the Lord opened up a door um, for us, a couple of different reasons. One, um, there's an amazing church there called Rejoice Church. God is doing amazing things there. That's where I'll be serving um, at. And if you ever get a chance to hashtag miracle on 106th Street, you can read more about it. I won't take time for that right now, but God is doing some miraculous things there. Uh, we're going to get a chance to be a part of that staff, but also um, we're going to be 15 minutes away from um, our, our, our family, our parents, and probably closer than that, um, after a little while, Nash gets to grow up around his grandparents, and we're excited about that as well. So the yes on the table is, is us saying yes to Oklahoma, and us saying yes to family, and us just saying yes to a ministry in a community that we don't really know that well, but we're looking forward to getting to know uh, in the same way that we've had a chance to get to know all of you. So I'm just, again, so grateful. My heart is filled with with gratitude tonight. You know, I, um, Boggs, I think when we think about a life that really has an impact, I think about you. And I know that we've known each other a long time, even before I came to Kairos. I mentioned this today uh, to you. But I, when I first moved to town 14 years ago, I planted a church. And I didn't know anybody. But I called Boggs out of the blue. And I just said, hey, we need a worship leader for our first Sunday. Would you do that for us? And he did. And I just really have always felt that generosity and that compassion, um, even, even now as I've come into this new ministry and this role. And I just think that every single person in this room could tell a story like that, mm. where you've sacrificed, where you've believed in us, where you've cared for us, and where you've been available, even when you had a lot of demands on your time. And... Tonight, I just think that, that uh, we have a front row seat to what God is doing in your life. And I, this is one of those moments where I go, the, the faith that it takes to take the next step is the declaration in your life of what it looks like to follow Jesus. It's not just going to church. 
It's saying, God, wherever you want me to go, I'm willing to do it. So thanks for letting us see this last sermon that you're teaching in front of us tonight. Um, and so I know that uh, there's a ton that we could say tonight, but there's a lot of people that would love to say a word to you. And I know that we have a couple things prepared, but um, one of the people who's been a big impact uh, person in your life and at Kairos is Mike Glenn, our senior pastor. And, and he can't be here tonight, but he did record a message for you, and oh, we'd no. love to see it. <laughs> so get ready. Yeah. I remember the first time I met Michael Boggs. He was the red-headed guy, the guitar player that all the girls wanted to have a date with. Uh, but Michael already had a girl in Oklahoma, or so he said. It was a long time before we met Keeley, so we were beginning to wonder that he'd just make this girl up. Michael was the guitar player for a group called FFH. FFH was the beginning band, the starting band at Kairos a long time ago. And that's where we first met Michael. When FFH took off and went to South Africa, Michael stayed with us. And then Michael led Kairos. One of the great privileges of my life has been watching Michael grow up, has been watching him grow in his ministry, grow in his role as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a disciple of Christ. And now, now the Lord has called him back to Oklahoma. We know that Michael has been uniquely prepared for this moment, and we pray we have been faithful to God in our part of preparing Michael for this new ministry. Mike, remember, no matter where you go, Kairos is always your home. And these people, me especially, love you. It matters to us what happens to you. Serve without fear, serve in great freedom. We know you are called. We know you are gifted. Now you go do you, and we're going to be very proud of how God uses you in the months and years ahead. God bless. So some of you guys are wondering who Michael is. It's actually Boggs' first name. Uh, nobody calls him that uh, except for Mike Glenn, which is awesome. Um, now, Mike Glenn is not the only one that wanted to say a special word to you. So we actually have one more video. And this one, I'm sorry, you're going to cry. But it's going to be good. Um, let's watch that. Hey Boggs, when we think about the most influential people in our lives the past couple of years, you are at the top of that list. Boggs just wanted to say thank you, man, for being such a great friend, uh, mentor, father figure to me. I don't know if I've ever met anybody as wise, as humble, as talented as you are. Michael, thank you for being a mentor, a friend, um, a worship pastor, and um, just an all-around leader in my life on and off the stage. When I look at a list of the most influential people to me, Boggs, you are at the very top of that list. Hey Boggs, you and I have talked enough for you to know that it's incredibly hard for me to give spiritual authority in my life to anybody. And I want to say thank you for making it easy for me to give that to you. You've been a great friend, um, great mentor. You've been there for us when we needed you and uh, we just love you so much and don't want to say goodbye. It has literally been life-changing for me to get to know you these past uh, years. I know whatever journey, whatever phase, whatever season you're in next in life, the Lord is going to bless so many people through you. 
and I'm just excited to get to watch that. You're just consistent in friendship, consistent in mentorship, and consistent in pastoral care. And the impact that you have on people's lives is going to reverberate far more than you know. Thank you for who you are. You are a treasure to everyone that knows you. And I'm so excited to see how God is gonna use you in Oklahoma. We love you, Box. So thank you so much for your ministry in my life. We love you and we're gonna miss you. Christ before you, Christ behind you, Christ beside you. Bless you, Box. This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how I fight. Join me. Thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. This is your legacy. This and many, many more. Um, and so I think for us, as we celebrate you, as we have a front row to what God is doing in your life, the best thing we can do is to commission you, just like the apostles did with Paul and Barnabas, as you go into a new season, into a new ministry, into a new calling. Um, even though we're sad, we're grateful for everything you've done, and we're hoping to see God do incredibly more, and we're expecting that. Uh, and so I'm going to invite our... Um, 
band, if you're on the worship team, I know a lot of you have been really close with Boggs. We'd love for you to come and pray over him. If you're on our staff, um, would you join me on the stage? If you're in the congregation, would you just stay here, uh, standing for just a minute? Uh, Boggs, can you have a seat? Um, I would love for you, where you are, just to put your hand out towards him. It's just an easy, ancient way to say we are blessing you, we are sending you into where God is calling you. So would you do that? And so we're going to have a couple of people just pray a blessing over you, Boggs, because <laughs> we love you. If you, guys, um, if you guys noticed, there's a common thread in a lot of what we um, say about Boggs and that he's a father to all of us. And um, Boggs is the type of father who prays over his son every single night, mm. the armor of God. And it got me thinking when I was asked to, to say a few words tonight, I was wondering who prays the armor over him. Mm. And um, I was brought to so many places in scripture. Um, he's older than me, so he's had more time to practice <laughs> memorizing these. So I've written them down. <laughs> um, but um, I thought that we could pray just pure gospel and scripture over Boggs tonight in wholeness for him as he goes. Lord, I pray over Boggs' brain. I ask that, God, you'd keep it sharp and focused and that his thoughts would not be conformed to this world but would be transformed Amen. and renewed by the power of God, Romans twelve two. God, I pray for Boggs' ears. I ask that they'd be tuned to hear God's still small voice and that they'd always remain attentive to the Holy Spirit's promptings. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Isaiah 30, verse 9. God, I pray for Bog's mouth. I ask that no unwholesome talk would proceed from it, but only what is good for building others up. I pray that Bog's would always and only speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15.29. God, I pray for Bog's heart. I ask that you would sit enthroned upon it that Box would love God with all his heart and soul and might, and that he'd love his neighbor as himself, Mark 12, 30 and 31. I pray for his heart to remain soft toward Keeley, Proverbs 5, 18, and to be knitted to the heart of Nash, Malachi 4, 6. Yes. I pray that he would take delight in his labor and that you would bless the work of his hands, Psalm 90, 17, Ecclesiastes 3, 22. I pray for Bog's legs. I ask that God, you would give him strength and stamina, that he might run with endurance the race that is set before him without growing weary or fainting along the way. Hebrews 12, 1, Isaiah 40, 31. And lastly, Lord, I pray for Bog's feet. I ask that they'd be quick to flee from temptation, to turn away from evil, and to faithfully pursue wisdom, righteousness, peace, love, and truth, Second Timothy two twenty two, Psalm thirty four fourteen, and Proverbs four five and seven. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Father, this is your beloved Son, in whom you are well pleased. I ask that you be gracious to him and bless him and cause your face to shine mildly upon him and his family, his children and his children's children. I pray for the Chick-fil-A in Tulsa that's about to get a lifelong customer. 
that their app would work there. <laughs> and his points would be redeemable. <laughs> Psalm 107, too, says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so we say so for Michael Boggs. We say, you've been so faithful in and through him. And I pray for a kingdom legacy that reverberates throughout all of eternity. And I pray out of God's glorious riches that he would strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you be rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's saints. Let's say all God's saints. Amen. That's us and that's those who you're going to. All God's saints. To grasp how deep and how wide, how long and how high is the love of Christ. And may you know that this love surpasses knowledge. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can possibly hope, think, dream, or imagine in Kairos, in Boggs, in your church, and throughout every generation. Amen and amen. Jesus, we pray for Boggs. He's a brother and he's a friend and he is family forever. And Jesus, I pray that you give him favor with every person that he meets from here till kingdom come. And God, I pray that he'll be a blessing both to his family, to his son Nash, to Keeley, to his family in Oklahoma, but also to the people that he's ministering to, the broken and the battered and the bruised and the alone, that you give him eyes to see where you're sending him. And I pray that you give him favor, good health, and fortune along the way. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We have one last gift, and it's, um, it's a Mike Boggs special. Second to Chick-fil-A is chocolate chip cookies. So we found the biggest one we could find. It says Kairos forever. And... Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nash is like, that's mine. But there's, uh, seriously, there is a uh, cookie for every single one of you guys outside. But before we do that, Boggs, will you lead us one last time? Uh, well, actually, not last time. It's the last time until you do it again soon here. Because um, you're coming back. We're like the Hotel California. You can never leave, okay? You can come to Kairos, but it's hard to ever leave. And so. Yeah. Yeah. I can't see the doxology holding the cookie, so uh, let's sing together. Oh